invite the congregation to stand and to face the procession. We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our risen Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God of life, you reach out to us amid our fears with the wounded hands of your risen, saved Son. By our Spirit's breath, revive our faith in your mercy and strengthen us to be the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Today's first reading comes from the fifth chapter of Acts, a reading from Acts. When he had brought the apostles, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teachings, 
And you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him as his right hand and as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. The word of the Lord.
Today's second reading comes from First Revelation, the reading from Revelation. God to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom, priest serving his God and Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him even those who pierced him. And on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. And so it is to be, amen. I am the, God, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, our Lord. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails in my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated.
Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. <clears throat> if I could ask for something in my life, I wish that my life of faith were a little more consistent and even. I wish that my life of faith would have begun with baptism, continued to grow through adolescence and that time of questioning everything because you can, and then gradually develop into a solid foundation that after 60 plus years I could depend upon always. I wish that my life of faith was steady and true and never ever wavering. But like Thomas and the rest of the disciples for that matter, I find that my faith life has a lot of ups and downs. If you were to chart my life of faith, it would not be a line just going up. It'd be more like an EKG, sort of bouncing all over the place. A little bit like the spring weather we've had in Ohio. 80 one day, 30 the next. But wait, there's more. It'll be 30 next week, and it'll be 80 again. My faith life has peaks and valleys. I have moments of great trust and belief in the resurrection of our Lord, and I have moments of despair when I'm not sure what is going on. Last week, we celebrated Easter Sunday here in this place. And we are packed in here like sardines, stem to stern, port to bow. We were full all the way that we could. We celebrated Christ's triumph over death and hell and all that would defeat us. One of the best Sundays ever. ever. Of course, I like Easter, so every Easter Sunday is the best Sunday ever. And then today, we have what we call in the church, low Sunday. And we find ourselves, at least in the gospel, in sort of a depressing place. It's still Easter Sunday in the Gospel of John, but the disciples, even though they have heard the good news of Christ being raised from the dead, do you know what they're doing? They're hiding. They're cowering in fear. They're in that upper room. And that's when Jesus comes to be with them. He shows them his hands and his side, and then they rejoice when they see the Lord. Not until they see his hands and his side do they rejoice. And as you know, everyone's in the house that night except Thomas. He'd gone out to get some pizza. He wasn't there. He gets back. Jesus is gone. And when he says to the disciples, what, what happened? He, he doesn't believe it. But the only thing he requires is the same proof that they had. I mean, he gets a bad rap. I mean, we call him Doubting Thomas, right, through the ages. But doesn't he just want the same proof that they have? You know, on Easter morning when the trumpets are playing and the choir is singing and we're shouting out of the years, it's, a, it's pretty easy to believe on that day. Sometimes it's harder when it's not Easter Sunday. When you've got to live the daily life of faith, it gets tough. It is for the disciples, too. It is for me. I wish I had faith all the time. But here's Easter Sunday, and here's the faith life that I normally have. 
And then, of course, the problem is at any moment the world can step in and diminish what faith I have. I haven't talked a lot about the war in Ukraine, but my guess is that you, like I am, I am deeply disturbed by what is going on there. Every day we see news reports about the footage of the kinds of death and destruction that Putin has released on his neighbors and even relatives of his own people. If Christ is risen from the dead, if Easter is true, why won't that stop? Isn't the power of God's love resurrected in Christ enough to put an end to the carnage that we are seeing there? When I read the gospel this week, it reminded me of a news clip that I had seen a few weeks ago where a woman from Kiev is calling her family in Russia to tell them what in fact is going on all around her in Ukraine. But her family doesn't believe her. Even though she tells them, we're being attacked, we're being bombed, people are dying here, her family doesn't believe her. So she holds up her cell phone and she scans the city. Do you see the buildings on fire? Do you hear the machine gun fire in the background? And you know what her family says? Well, Putin told us that the Ukrainian militia is burning tires all over the city to make it seem like they're being bombed. We've been told all about that. There's just firecrackers. Yeah, they're setting them off to make us look like the bad guys. And no matter how much she tries to convince them, they will not believe what she's saying. And no matter how much the other disciples try to convince Thomas, he will not believe. It's like he cannot believe until he sees the proof. Sometimes I have a similar trouble believing. I want proof, not faith, not trust. I want to see. So here's the remedy. In the church of Jesus Christ, belief that God has raised Jesus from the dead is not, in fact, my personal belief or any one person's personal belief. God, having raised Jesus from the dead, belongs to the community of faith. It's not about my faith or my assurance that Christ lives. My faith is all over the place, depending on the hour of the day. It's the community in which faith is born that sustains us. Think of the Easter greeting and how we use it. Alleluia, Christ is risen. That thing that we do there, that Easter announcement, that greeting, demands a response from another person or more than one person. The Easter greeting is not me saying by myself, I know Christ is risen, I got it all here. That is not it. The announcement is shaped and formed by a community, one person to another person, one person to a community of faith. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen and you didn't leave me hanging. 
I think the biggest hurdle for the future of the church, and not just our church, but all churches, is what I will call rampant individualism. You seen any of this lately in our society? For me, what is so troubling about the Apostle Thomas is not that he doesn't at first believe in Jesus. He was the same as the other disciples. And then when he saw him, he, he fell down on his knees and worshiped him. What's disturbing to me in the story <clears throat> is that Thomas does not trust the community of faith. He does not believe in his fellow disciples. He doesn't trust their communal word. And you'll notice that after he says he believes in Christ, my Lord and my God, he doesn't turn around and say to the other disciples, I'm sorry I didn't believe you. I, I'm sorry. Never says that. Our faith is a communal word. And when I don't have enough faith to make it through, it's the community that sustains me. I mean, I love that in this country I can do my own thing, be my own person, do whatever I want, as long as it's within the law. I can make individual choices about what car I drive or the vegetables I plant or the way I wear my hair, quite flowing, don't you think? And even the religion that I want to follow. I have in this country the freedom to be whoever I want to be. And I very much like that. But sometimes I wonder what that means for the community that we call the church, a place where we confess our faith together, a place where we're taught by our Lord that the self is to be set aside for the good of the whole, a place where our Lord proclaimed that the greatest commandment of all is to love God and to love one another. You'll notice that the love of self was not in our Lord's greatest commandment anywhere. I wonder and frankly worry that the balance between caring for ourselves and loving one another can be thrown out of whack when faith is reduced from what we believe to what I believe, to what what matters to us becomes only what matters to me. Our gospel lesson today ends with a curious little postscript in verse 30 and 31. It really is not part of the Thomas story, but they just put it in there. It reads, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you, you, plural, Y'all. You remember what it was in the King James Version? Ye. Y-E. So that ye may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you, plural, may have life in his name. My personal faith life is a roller coaster. It cannot possibly sustain the faith of the whole church. It is our faith into which the Easter announcement is born. When I was on internship, my supervising pastor had an absolutely amazing memory. In fact, they say, he said that he had a photographic memory. He could recite every one of his sermons by memory. 
And there were two services. He said them absolutely word for word because he could see the page in front of him. It was also true with names. If he heard your name once, he had it forever. He would even go up to people who were new to the church before the service and ask them what their name was. And then he would do something very special at the time of communion. As he gave the bread to each person, he would call them by name. The body of Christ given for you, Marge. The body of Christ given for you, Tom. The body of Christ given for you, George, clear in the back there. Each person he would call by name. It was very nice, very meaningful for those who come to the altar. But you may notice that even though I know your names, I never do that. Never. Why? I liked my internship supervisor, but I actually thought it was a misunderstanding of what Jesus says. Jesus at the Last Supper was talking to the disciples, including Judas, by the way, when he says to them, this is my body given for you, for you, not just you, but you and you and you. It's plural. It is not just a singular moment at the sacrament. It is the time when we receive the body and blood of Christ. I said this at the earlier service, and the last time I'm ever going to say it again, but, and the assisting minister may not know this, Karen, heads up. I have this weird little thing that I do. <clears throat> I can't do it at the 5.30 or the 8.15 service because we have just one line. But you know when we have two lines coming forward? <laughs> I like to sync up my words of the body of Christ given for you with the assisting minister saying it at the same time. I, I, I never have told them that I do this, but I sort of listen if I can hear when they're doing it, and I try to say it at the same time. So it's always the body of Christ given for you. That's what's echoing around. The body of Christ is given for you, and it's double and plural at the same time that we're saying it. And if they stop and pause for a little bit or have to bless a child, I'll even wait and start again. I know it's weird. And I know I'm doing other things up here, but sometimes I, I like that sinking up of the body of Christ given for you. Don't bring this to church council. They have other stuff to do. They know already that I have these quirks. Christ's resurrection is life for all people. It's not just for me and my family or those whom I choose or those who look like me. It's given and shed for all people of all times. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is new life for a plural world with all sorts of diversity and gifts and talents. And each week it's given over and over again to a community of faithful people in which the strength lies not in the individual entities in it, but in the sum of all our parts together. Christ's resurrection means that we have eternal life, that we inherit the blessings of his never-ending mercy, and that we are joined together forever in the embrace of his love. And I've said it before, and I'm sure that I'll say it again, if you get to heaven and you're the only one there, you've taken the wrong escalator. Back up slowly, 
move to the door and take the other one. If you're by yourself in heaven, that's not heaven. That's hell. Or maybe let me put it to you this way. Christ's resurrection from the dead is God's plural answer to the singularity of our lives. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. who come together in faith to praise the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. Lord, as we continue to celebrate the Easter season, transform our lives and hearts to be messengers of your joy and hope. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Heavenly Father, end violence near and far. Wrap your people with peace and understanding so that we may live in a united world. Alleluia. Christ is risen. We thank you for the warmth and signs of spring this week. Let us be good stewards of the land and water you created. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Lord God, 
Be with those that are abused and neglected. May they find a way to a safe and healthy life. Alleluia. Christ is risen. God, give healing, comfort, and strength to those hurting in mind, body, and spirit. We pray for all in need and those we name now. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Into your loving hands, O God, we place all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy and love through the one who walks with us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The peace of the risen Christ be with you always. And also with you. I invite you to share that peace with those who are around you. Let's peace all of you online. I invite you to be seated for a few announcements. Good morning, church. It's good to see you this morning. We have a lot going on. I hope you had the opportunity to go to Pop's Cafe, which is now open. Uh, if you weren't aware, catch it next Sunday and all the Sundays as we get into summer. This is a good opportunity not only to eat some really great food, but uh, get to know some more people, have a chance for some fellowship. So we give thanks for that and uh, for the wonderful bacon smell that now infuses our church. <laughs> Several opportunities to serve here uh, as we continue into the summer, one of which is next Saturday. We will be spreading 18 yards of mulch all over the church grounds. Uh, the more hands, the better. So this is your opportunity to bring your pitchfork, but not your torches, to church. And uh, show up. We have wheelbarrows. We'll bring yours if you have it. We'll be spreading it all around, uh, and it will be make the church look really nice. If you sign up online or there's a sign-up sheet on the information desk, that'd be helpful so we know how many folks are coming. Monday, Monday, Monday. No, it's not a monster truck rally, but we are finishing up our concert series with the Wartburg Choir. They're doing a tour and they're stopping by here. And so we'd love for you to come, bring your friends, bring folks in, in the community that you know really appreciate choral music and uh, a great opportunity for us to be able to host them and to gather in that. Then lastly, we have a monumental event happening in June. It is our VBS. And if you have not yet signed up for VBS, uh, it will happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, in the mornings. It's a great opportunity, lots of little events happening in it. Uh, this is a good opportunity to reach out to neighbors that you might have, or if you're looking for a fun place to plug in, it's always a fun time to come to VBS. So this is a great chance to plug in and come and be involved. Sign up is online both for our youth and for volunteers. We continue in our worship with the giving of our tithes and our offering.
You are indeed holy, almighty, and merciful God. You are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so love the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for coming into this world to fulfill for us your holy will and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, given and shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remembering, therefore, his salutary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again. We give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your people and to be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. To the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, generous God, for in this bread and cup we have tasted the new heaven and earth, where hunger and thirst are no more. Send us from this table as witnesses to the resurrection, that through our lives all may know life in Jesus' name. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Go in peace. Tell what God has done. Thanks be to God.